Hello, welcome to Monday Mindset. I am Erin Hart, and today we are talking about food addiction and how to know if you are a person that should abstain from sugar and flour. So uh, let me just preface this by saying that understanding the reason that you are struggling with your food is such an important thing. Um, as you know, I am a registered nurse. I empower women to get off of the dieting roller coaster and to lose weight for the last time with the sugar and flour free lifestyle. Uh, and the purpose is so that you can find peace with your food. So you can find freedom from cravings and the confidence to live the life that you want. So if you can understand, um, the reason that you are eating, um, off plan, if the reason that you are struggling with your food and the reason that you feel powerless against your cravings, then you can make a plan to stop doing that. Uh, in the hospital, we get patients from all surrounding states who have really unique, um, unique diagnoses. Uh, we have lots of different disorders and diseases and genetic issues that come in. There's like never a day that's the same at the hospital. There's a, you just never learn everything because everyone is so different. So when we get these patients from the five surrounding states that come to our referring hospital, uh, referral hospital, they come and we don't know exactly what's wrong with them. Uh, the, the doctors at the other hospital, they usually just find that, that, that they can't help them. And so they need to send them to our hospital so that they can, uh, get the care that they need, uh, with the specialists and, and the resources that we have there. And when they come to us, we really don't know exactly what to do for them uh, when they first arrive, because we have very li limited information. So we do lots, a series of testing. We do tests like x-rays, um, you know, MRIs, CT scans, like EKGs. We draw lots of labs, um, and, uh, and our skilled and experienced physicians and the specialists assess them. So when they come to us, they, we usually have a ton of orders that we just go through to help us to rule out, um, different diseases and try, and it helps us to try to create a diagnosis so that we can understand what's happening with this patient. And it's really important that we do this because unless the doctors know what the underlying condition is that's causing their symptoms, you know, they can't write the orders. They can't suggest treatment to help them unless they know the problem. So that is why we do so much testing on the patients when they come into our unit, because once you know the cause of their illness, then you can make a treatment plan to help them. And I tell you this because, uh, because many people come to me, I'm a registered nurse health coach and they come to me, they come feeling out of control around food. They've been on the dieting roller, roller coaster for years. Um, they just feel powerless to stop eating. They feel, uh, they're struggling with their weight and their relationship with food and their body. And, um, so they have all of these symptoms, but <clears throat> so what we do, what I think is important to do is like to do a series of, of questions that help us to understand maybe what the underlying reason is. Uh, and <clears throat> so there are so many different 
people out there. We all have different brains. You know, a third of people are really susceptible to uh, food addiction. A third of people are moderately susceptible. And then a third of people really are very low on, uh, they just aren't, they um, aren't susceptible to food addiction at all. You know, um, people always talk about moderating treats. Like, have you ever had a friend that can just have one cookie? Like you have a plate of cookies and they can just have one and then they don't even finish it because they're not hungry. Right. Um, and I just thought I, if you're I like me, like, oh my gosh, if there's a big plate of dessert, uh, uh, I have a really hard time moderating it. And I just, it's hard for me to understand someone who can just take one or just have a couple of bites and then feel satisfied and finished, right? So, um, so what happens to me is if someone gives me a plate of dessert, like I can't stop it just one. I would eat the whole plate or five or right. So, um, people always talk about moderating treats and, and, you know, in the weight loss world that, you know, just having cheat days or moderating or, you know, but the thing is, is that if you've been trying to do that for years and years and you're getting the same result and you still experience the feeling of being out of control around food, if you feel powerless against your cravings, if you're struggling with your, if you're constantly battling with your weight and your relationship with food, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result, right? So we need to look deeper to see if we can understand what are the underlying reasons that make you different from your friend that has no trouble moderating treats and easily can maintain a healthy weight, right? So in this week's module of the success path course, for those of you who are enrolled in the success path course, which is my 12-week program, uh, to help you to um, to achieve uh, success with your weight loss goals, we are discussing the science of how our brains actively block us from losing weight. And so we really dive deep into the, the science of it. And uh, we don't have time to get into all of the science today, but be sure to watch this week's module to better understand why and how our brains actively block us from weight loss. In the course, you'll learn that there are several ways that our brains do this. Uh, so this is the science of food addiction. And if you are a person, if you are one of that those, that, those people that struggle feeling in control around food and, and you feel powerless to stop, you know, if you're wondering if food can be, if it really can be addictive, um, the answer is yes. Uh, sugar and flour are literally drugs. Um, you know, you take just like cocaine and heroin, the plants themselves that they come from, like poppy seeds and coca leaves are not addictive, but when you refine it and you process it and you extract the inner essence of it and you process it down into a fine white powder, that is when it becomes a drug. And that's exactly the same process that we do to refine and purify sugar and flour, right? And um, so when we talk about how sugar and flour is a drug, that's not just a metaphor. It actually is true. And the science shows that sugar and flour are even more addictive than heroin and cocaine. 
So the, the way that our brains block us from weight loss is that addiction reward pathway in our brain. And this is called dopamine downregulation. Another way that our brains block us from weight loss is leptin resistance. Um, by, you know, we found that insulin blocks the hormone that makes us feel full and makes us want to move. <clears throat> um, so when we have spikes, big spikes and drops in our blood sugar, and we and our body releases a lot of insulin in response to help to bring our blood sugars down, it blocks the hormone in it that makes us feel full. That's called leptin. Another way that our brains block us from weight loss is willpower depletion. There's a part of our brain that um, is responsible for helping us to resist temptation. It regulates our emotions. It does a lot of stuff. But um, just after an intense load of 15 minutes, it turns off. So willpower depletion is real. And so, of course, we really cannot rely on willpower to to be able to lose weight and to keep it off. We have to find ways to bypass willpower. Our brain wants to make exceptions all of the time. And um, so we find that's one of the reasons that we write down our food the night before and that we eat exactly what we wrote down. Because um, our brains block us from weight loss and they do a really good job at that. It, it's the, it's, um, you know, our brains are designed to help us to survive. And in caveman times, that meant, um, protecting us against starvation, right? And so what happens is our brains will, um, what, uh, so we still have that caveman brain inside of our brain that, uh, that blocks us from weight loss. But in today's world of abundance, it's not very helpful. So we have to really be careful because when we're, when we commit to a plan, our brain will make us want to start making exceptions and excuses and will offer us all of those limiting beliefs to help us to stay in our comfort zone. So our brains literally block us from weight loss and so in the course this week, be sure to watch that video and you learn how your brain blocks you from weight loss and why. Um, it's so important to know if you, it's, you know, understanding the science of food addiction absolutely changed my life. And as you know, I was an, I've been a nurse in the hospital for 15 years and, you know, I was... 284 pounds back in the beginning of 2020, right? And <clears throat> so I I understand this struggle with food addiction and feeling out of control around food because I knew intellectually what to do. I knew I'd taken college classes and, um, you know, but understanding the science of, of addiction, of food addiction is what absolutely turned everything around for me. And it helped me to lose 125 pounds and keep it off. And I just ha have completed the, like my, it was my three year anniversary a couple, or last week, I think, from when I started the sugar and flour free lifestyle. And it's absolutely changed my life. My life is so much better without it. But it, it all started with just understanding that I was a person that experiences food addiction. So how do you know if you are a person that experiences food addiction? So let me ask you some questions and just go ahead and think about um, 
Think about this. Where do you fall on this scale? So have you ever, um, have you, you know that, so have you ever struggled to control how much you eat? So are you a person that just can't stop eating even when you're full, right? Or once you start eating, you just feel powerless to stop. Um, so have you ever experienced anything like that? Have you, are you a person that experiences, um, thinking about food all of the time? So, you know, even when you're not eating, are you thinking about what you will be eating? Or are you thinking about what you didn't eat? Or do you just have a lot of food chatter and food thoughts? Um, so thinking about what you have or haven't eaten. Or if you don't often feel satisfied after eating a normal-sized meal, you know, that's another sign of food addiction. If you, um, if you eat a normal-sized meal, but then you go to the fridge and you start looking for something more, or you go to the movies and you get all the snacks, even though you just had a full dinner, right? And you just are constantly grazing and snacking and, and um, like you're never full and satisfied. Um, so if you have frequent intense cravings for specific foods, so, um, you know, like you have a craving, you see something on a commercial and then you have to drive across town to go and get that thing, right? That you drive great lakes to satisfy your cravings. Um, if you are a person that has ever struggled with binge eating, meaning consuming huge, huge amounts of food while feeling out of control and powerless to stop. So that's another indicator of food addiction. So, you know, if you have ever in your life experienced one or, or all of these, your brain is susceptible to food addiction. And there are a lot of different parts of the spectrum. You may, um, you know, feel more in control around certain areas of this than others, uh, but, um, and so for people, like I said, a third of people, um, are highly susceptible to food addiction. You may have said like, yes, 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 yes. On all of those questions, right. You're like, oh, that is me. Um, you may say like, oh, kind of like I've kind of done this. Like you may be more moderately, um, susceptible. So a third of people are highly susceptible. A third of people are moderately susceptible, and then a third of people have low, low susceptibility to food addiction. And so, and those are the people that can moderate, right? The people who, who can stop at just eating one or, you know, they may overeat sometimes, but they don't really have a problem with their weight and they're able to, you know, moderate, um, sugar and flour and treats and, and without really thinking about it too much. So I know a lot of people that can successfully moderate uh, eating treats and sugar and flour. So I don't think that that abstaining from sugar and flour and a sugar and flour free lifestyle, I don't think it's for everyone. Uh, but if you are a person that answered yes, 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 yes to all of those questions, feeling out of control around food, powerless to stop eating, you know, you don't feel satisfied, you have frequent intense cravings, right? That is a sign that you may be a person that experiences food addiction. So just like the patients that we have in the hospital, that they come in, we're trying to um, 
to understand what's going on with them so that we can create a treatment plan. It's important for, uh, for you to understand what's happening for you in your brain. If you are a person that is highly susceptible to food addiction, the question is to moderate or to abstain, right? That is the question. And, um, and if you experience a lot of those indicators that we talked about frequently, you will probably find so much more peace in your life by just completely abstaining and drawing that line in the sand. Um, you know, in my experience, when I gave up sugar and flour, I just discovered that life was so much better without it. I went from feeling um, out of control around food. I went from feeling um, like hungry all the time, constantly eating, binging over big emotions and habits, you know, just, um, and I was 284 pounds, just con just always gaining weight. You know, I'd been on that dieting roller coaster. I tried to moderate and, um, I would lose 15 pounds or so, but then I would give up and gain all the weight back in more. And it just was like this crazy cycle that that just ruled my life and it just, um, and so when, when I decided and I, it was a hard decision, but when I made the decision that enough was enough, I was ready to just, <laughs> to just do what it took because I, I didn't want to die early. I didn't want diet related diseases. I, I didn't want to have all this mental chatter around food all of the time. When I decided to um, abstain completely from sugar and flour, my life completely changed. I have I I not only transformed physically by losing 125 pounds, but just as dramatic was my mental, emotional, and spiritual transformation. So, um, so I just want to give you hope if you are a person that feels like I did who feels out of control around food, who struggles with their relationship relationship with their, with food in their body, you can find peace, you can find freedom from cravings, and, and the path is through a sugar and flour-free lifestyle. If you would like support or to learn more about a sugar and flour-free lifestyle, be sure to sign up for a free coaching call with me. You can uh, you can sign up for that on my website at www.erinhearthealthcoaching.com. I hope you have a great day. Thanks so much for coming. Bye.